When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello there, my very good friends. On today's wrestling news, the latest on Alberto Del Rio not returning to WWE. We have the secret identity of that random bloke from AEW Dynamite, the debutant, the mogul guy, the affiliate guy, you know, the one that isn't Parker Boudreaux. After that, we're going to tell you why Edge keeps vanishing from WWE. And then finally, Tony Khan confirms AEW's new look and comments on it for the first time. I'm Andy Murray. I'm getting a headache from Aaron Rikishi's glasses inside. <laughs> and this is the news. Right, let's kick this thing off by talking about Alberto Del Rio, uh, regrettably. So you know the score with Dirty Bertie, right? That's a good name for him, isn't it? Dirty yeah. Bertie, right? Every six months or so, he does an interview where he was like, hey, WWE, you want me back? I'm going back. <laughs> they really want me. We've been in talks. So they want me. I'm going... I'm going back. And then it never happens because no. Alberto Del Rio is effing crazy. Mm-hmm. Um... He's done another interview here with WrestlingNews.co and to be fair, right, it's a little bit more toned down than usual. He's not outright going, yeah, Triple H really wants me back, brother, (laughs) which is what he usually says. Um, He said that although he and former WWE head of talent relations John Laurinaitis uh, had discussed a comeback in the past, uh, this hasn't happened with Triple H and the new regime. So a bit of honesty there from Dirty Bertie for a change. Uh, we're just burying this guy, aren't we? Well, I mean, Lauren Knight is two peas in a pod, aren't they? Yeah, Jesus Christ. I know. Two guys worth burying, yeah. for sure. Uh, Fightful Select have come through with a report kind of on the back of this. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not happening. It's just not happening. <laughs> um, they've rubbished the prospect of a comeback, basically. One source uh, stating that the prospect had never been seriously discussed since mm-hmm. the, or pitched since the last time Alberto was in WWE, which, by the way, was six years ago. Uh, <laughs> that same source told Fightful last year, and I quote, there is no effing way that happens. Uh, that's a quote from last year. Um, apparently, Del Rio continually bringing up the subject is seen as him trying to gauge interest. Yeah. Clearly, it hasn't really worked. Uh, Fightful also notes that the people who would need to rubber stamp a return for Del Rio uh, haven't been keen on him since before he left in 2016. Uh, that was when he he had a weird like departure, didn't he? He failed uh, the wellness policy, was yeah. suspended, and then a couple of weeks later, I think he exercised an opt-out clause in his contract, said he was unhappy, and then yes. he was in TNA, or in Impact, shortly after. So, yeah, complicated exit. Look... Del Rio has been involved in a lot of uh, different controversies since he departed WWE for sure. Uh, most notable would be the charges 
of, uh, where are we, aggravated kidnapping and sexual assault that were brought against him after he was indicted by a grand jury in 2020. These charges were dropped the following December. Um, but yeah, there you go, man. It, it, it's a cycle with Del Rio. I wouldn't normally cover Del Rio and his stuff on here, but the only reason I'm doing it today is because we have Fightful rubbishing it. If this was just him doing an interview, yeah. would not touch it with a barge pole. That's why we're covering it today. He's not coming back. Yeah, it's an odd situation where you kind of almost don't want to give certain performance platforms yeah. and they're getting this stuff out there in order to get just that. Yeah. I think there are interesting wrinkles to the story. I think the idea that we are we learn a little bit about who would want him backstage and who wouldn't, in the case of John Laurinaitis and maybe Triple H respectively, it would seem. I think that's interesting to know. And I think it's interesting to maybe have a read on their perceptions on Trusting talent. Interesting and, uh, conclusions from Exactly, yeah, yeah. There are definitely conclusions to draw. But just like and even away from what we may have heard or seen or know or think about him outside of the ring. This reeks of one of those, I don't know if this is a thing in America, but it was a very popular British tabloid move of footballer agents in the 90s and early 2000s. So and so and so issues, come and get me plea. What that means is nobody is coming to get them. So this idea like, I'm here, I'm free, I'm available. Like there's like the des- they're trying to mask the desperation by making themselves available. Yeah. That sort of smacks of that, especially in a time where so many people are coming back to the WWE. Tony Khan likes to sign a lot of wrestlers. The mainstream market would appear to be incredibly fertile, so I could understand why wrestlers of all people would try this technique, but a lot of stuff has stuck to Alberto yeah. Del Rio, yeah. and this may be a, a bit of a, a bit of a gambit too far, I think, for it to feel convincing. Totally agree on every single level. Let's move over. I've forgotten what our second story is. All right. Uh, the d- debut taunt on Dynamite yeah. last night. Who was that guy? So, Swerve Strickland. Um, <laughs> uh, he's formed a new stable, Mogul Affiliates. Yes. The segment, well, I mean, you can read all about the segment in my Ups and Downs article, and you can hear Michael Hamflet's thoughts on the podcast later on. How about that? We're not going to review it here. We're going to sell our other content because we are grifters. Corporate synergy. <laughs> there you go. Um, oh, man. Speaking of bad stuff, how about that Sanjay Dutt rap last night? Uh, I won't hear a word against it. <laughs> like, vibing Jeff Jarrett in the year of our Lord 2022. What more could you possibly do? <laughs> um, Satnam Singh wearing a t-shirt with his height. Does his t-shirt have a height? His height I think, it? at this point, I think he's one in a trillion. Never mind a billion. I, I want that shirt. I love that guy. Like, if, if you know one thing about AWs, you see a segment like that, you know that 24 yeah. hours later you'll have to be able to buy a shirt with Satnam Singh's height on. That's where we're at now. Like, they've put worse on a t-shirt before. You know what's so perfect uh-huh. about, like, there's only three of us in the office today, mm-hmm. me, Hamlet, and Sidgwick. You know what's perfect about this is that you're a Jeff Jarrett mark. Yeah. I am a Satnam Singh mark. Yeah. And for all of his life, in every single guise, from chasing SoCal Val to the current version on AEW television, True. Michael Hamlet's, uh, Michael Sidgwick's always been a gigantic Sanjay Dutt mark. Actually, sometimes there's a pencil on his ear. He actually office. came in this morning doing the rap. <laughs> Wild stuff. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we moved away from the topic a bit here um, right yes mogul affiliates Rick Ross swore on TV that was funny uh, I like oh boy. Rick, Ross. Rick Ross is so much fun isn't he? Um, this segment was uh, something uh, but yeah Swerve Strickland's formed a new stable um, his boys attacked Keith Lee from behind the end result of this was Keith Lee got a cinder block stomped on his chest while he was being held down and he was on the ring steps pretty brutal um Parker Boudreaux is in this group, no longer a trust buster, it seems. He has turned away from Ari Duvari and moved over to Swerve Strickland. That sounds like an upgrade to me, to be honest. It's, like it's going from Wolfpack to Hollywood. I, yeah, think I love it's, it. It's I, like love it brother. I love it. Uh, but another bloke debuted at the same time after Boudreaux. Um, the commentary team didn't go, hey, that's that guy you should know. Because yeah. no one really knew him. Interesting look, big dude, tattoos on the mm-hmm. face. You had the braids and everything else. This 
is Grandin Goatsman. Okay. This is coming from Fightful, uh, who report that he is six foot four. This fella, he has been training for his AEW debut for a while, uh, and this angle had been a couple of weeks in advance, it seems. Uh, so he's been training under Jay Lethal at Jay Lethal School. Lethal trains a lot of dudes, mm-hmm. so that makes sense. Um, he's got some sporting pedigree, though. He was actually a second round draft pick for the MLB's Tampa Bay Rays in 2011. Uh, ended up kind of bouncing around various farm systems in the minor leagues until 2019. Did not make it to the major leagues, but during his baseball run, he was known for his speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's 6 foot 4, probably going for the kind of athletic yeah. big man archetype. Um, you can say what you want about the debut angle, and we will when we do our <laughs> other content later. But I'll say something. I, I I enjoy when someone I have never heard of debuts out of nowhere, completely out of the blue, because I really enjoy watching ground-up prospects with no back catalogue, with no indie matches I can go and watch. Yeah. I think it's fun watching people get sculpted from nothing. Uh, so I'm looking forward to his journey. Yeah, it's been a pattern of pro wrestling, I would say, in the last two or three years, where a cage match is one page long, and you can't quite believe that wrestlers, and this is across both companies now, have got maybe less than 10 to 15 matches to the name, and are yet again a platform uh, yeah. have a go. It might not always work, but when it does, it's tremendous, because they feel like a revelation. I like not knowing who this guy was, because... Uh, in canon, Swerve Strickland has already said he's got no friends. We now know he's got affiliates, but no actual friends and just weirdness. But there was an unknown danger about this guy, not just because of how terrifying he, he felt looked. chaotic. Yeah, he, he did, yeah. yeah. It's one thing when wrestlers come from out of nowhere. Like, uh, you know, Parker Bodro has come from another stable and he's there. But you kind of know already who he is. Yeah. And you're having to try and draw a line between him and Swerve. You didn't have to do that with this guy. No. It's just, well, Swerve's met a dangerous fella. And he's paid him to kick some ass on his behalf. That was all I needed. And I was glad, as you say, I was really glad that Excalibur didn't do the, come on, idiots at home, you should know that so-and-so and so-and-so. Have you not been watching every wrestling match ever? <laughs> like, we've had that debut... That kind of debut problem so many times. The original deal at Luther, the Butcher and the Blaze debut, even though the Butcher's name was written on his ass. There was a lot of debuts uh, in AEW where, because Excalibur knows, we all should too. I quite like the mysterious edge to all this. Swerve can now, when he sort of does more of a formal introduction of this group, can pretty much shape him in any image he likes, and that's to the the new guy's benefit. Absolutely. There's definitely, like, there's a middle ground, isn't there, Mm. between, um, hey, look at this complete unknown who you should know, and, like, you know, Okada showing up and idiots exactly. yeah, being yeah. like, ah, I don't know who this is, Where? blah, blah, blah. I need to... <laughs> Where's my video package on CM Punk's jacket and entrance at Revolution? <laughs> I, I don't get exactly. it. Exactly. Mr. Kesha guy, man, wow, what a rookie. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's definitely a balance to be drawn. And uh, let's see how it pans out. Mm-hmm. Let's see how it plays out. The cursed free. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Uh, Edge, why does he be, keep disappearing from WWE? It's because he's a golf and he can teleport. There you go, it's next like, story. Uh, no, it's a Fightful again. I uh, have some details just on his contract. Uh, limited dates. That's why. That's why Edge and his little pinner keep vanishing from TV every now and then. Um, it was reported, they note here, it was reported in 2020 that Edge had signed a three-year deal for 25 appearances and five matches annually. Although that hasn't really panned out that way because he had 10 matches last year and he's had six this year. Yeah. So clearly the original report that came out, some stuff going on there. Whatever, whatever. Uh, there's no word on when his contract is due to expire or how many matches he has left. However, if it was originally a three-year deal signed in 2020, it will be up very soon. Yeah. So interesting stuff for Adam Copeledge. Um, so, yes, he's been off for a while. Could WWE freeze that? Well, they have the power to do so. He was injured for seven months in 2020 yeah. when he got hurt wrestling. What was it the greatest match of all time? Yeah. Whatever they build it as. Uh, it, it was pretty good, but it wasn't the greatest match of all time. Taped and caught up and he still got hurt, wasn't it? It was a weird yeah, mm. yeah, poor guy. Um, so, yeah, there you go. That's why he keeps going. They're, they're trying to preserve his dates and not just burn them all at once. I think he's been rumoured to a match with Finn at the Rumble, hasn't he? Yeah. So that could be fun. So there's obviously, you know, a narrative excuse for one more big Edge versus the Judgment Day payoff to all of that. And I think it behooves uh, Edge and WWE to keep a deal like this in place. Um, I would keep him employed for as long as he wants to wrestle, really. Yeah. Yeah. I think, if anything, the chewing up of some of those dates in 2021, and then especially in 2022, when he was working quite regularly to get what turned out to be the worst version of the Judgment Day over, speaks to how erratic Vince McMahon was, rather than anything to do with Edge. We were in uh, person for Clash at the Castle when a rare Edge appearance generated a pop so loud. Uh, what Culture Zone Michael Sidgwick said it was louder than Daniel Bryan's in New Orleans at WrestleMania 30. Like That was Fair. the type of reaction that an Edge should be generating almost all of the time. Yeah. You're going to get the odd TV match and it's going to feel like a bonus, that sort of thing. But for the most part, if Edge is working at this point with his age and previous injuries and his prestige, you want to be getting that kind of reaction and that sort of feeling about yeah. him being out there. Yeah. He should be a special guest. Like, by all means, bring him in for promos and angles and stuff like that. But getting the tights on and like doing the whole thing, the whole Edge deal, the whole package, it should be, as per one of these deals. Yeah. Like, I'll welcome another, well, go and make all the money you can, but like, you lost 10 years. But another sort of 25, 25 match three year deal gives you just enough edge without him like sacrificing his specialness. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think that you know enjoyment of various everything really is mm. subjective. But the pops are undeniable. Yeah. The only time those have really wavered was uh, the early days of the Judgment Day, which uh, were not good. Yeah. Um, but the Judgment Day is really fun now. It's like golf jocks. Yeah. It's great. Uh, and and edge is over as hell and. He's, him and Finn are going to have back a where match. he should be as a baby face, isn't yeah. he? Definitely back definitely, where he should be. Definitely. I like golf stuff as well. I like golf stuff. <laughs> so Golf's rule, man. Uh, our final story of the day is from someone who is not a golf. Mm. It's Tony Khan. I wonder if he was a golf at school. You I could see... Slipknot hoodie, five sizes too big. We need to go investigate those old ECW arena shows he's attending and see what T-shirt he's got on. 
because there was always that Faith No More guy down the front. And I wonder if Tony <laughs> Khan would be a Faith No More guy or he would have been more like Backstreet Boys. In terms oh, of that mid 90s. That's it, because the Faith No More guys, they got arty yeah. later in their yeah. life. Whereas, like me, like the Spine Shine guys, <laughs> skated in the sludge. That's it. Um, right, listen, I think Sepultura's Roots is a good album. Eat it. <laughs> me um, too. Yeah, there you go. Rata Mahata. Come on. Let's see things I know. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Tony Khan. Yes, Andy Murray's talking about bands on the news video again. All right, Tony Khan talking about the new look for Dynamite. Yes. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported last week that we're getting some change-ups, changing the mm -hmm. look of the show from January at some point. Well, Tony has confirmed that that will be from the 4th of January. That's the first Dynamite of 2023. Uh, he was interviewed by TV Insider. Quote here, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag necessarily. Uh, especially so close to the big day, but at the start of 2023, we are going to open the year on Wednesday, the 4th of January, with the first Dynamite in Seattle, marking... A, Tony's marketing stuff is something else. <laughs> it's uh, be a great Dynamite. <laughs> marking a year, a full year of Dynamite on TBS. We'll have a new look, to say the least. I'm excited about it. Uh, he said he didn't want to build it up too much. He doesn't want to create astronomical expectations. Um, he's done that in the past. Uh, but did call them beautiful. Uh, he said also that the look of Rampage will be different uh, and it's going to change the way people view AEW on Wednesday and Friday uh, in terms of presentation with the set and the show and the same great action. AEW shows have been the same aesthetically since Dynamite debuted in October 2019. You're an aesthetics guy. Yeah. Tell the people. Oh, it's something to get excited about. Like, I know he didn't want to let the cat out of the bag. He probably didn't want to let the dog into the locker room, but I'm glad both things have happened. Like, I definitely wanted to let yeah. the dog into the locker room. <laughs> ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, yeah, um, I value aesthetics very highly in pro wrestling. We are four years deep uh, into AEW's existence and three into Dynamite's looking like this. And I think one of the biggest criticisms I can levy at WWE is that despite a few smaller changes, the shift to HD, the LED boards for on SmackDown, they've styled their shows almost identically since 1997, the big birth of the first Titan Tron. Glossy. Yeah, there was pretty much any era in WWE history where you could look back and maybe with a separation of three or four years, you could see the change. It looked like it's time and it was easy to timestamp as yeah. a result. That has not been the case ever since. And to be fair, it's gone on to make them huge TV money. It's proved fairly prescient, I guess. But as a viewer, strictly, I don't really care about TV, right? So I care about how good my wrestling looks. Dynamite, as well as obviously how you need to make roster changes and storyline changes, it is worth an overhaul every now and then. Oddly, right, this is a specific sort of quirk of mine, that chandelier over the entrance has never felt right since Cody left. No. It feels like it's reflective of his personal yeah. opulence and holy shit, I got to, I launched a big wrestling company and now I've got my own elevator and a big light thing. It's Powerhouse Hobbs elevator now. Yeah, it's not really felt right. Um, the entrance tunnels were fun but could go. I don't think anybody really looks at it anymore and sees that as a particular visual signifier between AEW and WWE. Um, and it's this is just a fantasy booking thing of mine. It's Falls Count Anywhere next week in the Elite and Death Triangle's Best of Seven series. Do a Rhino and Chris Jericho and smash that up. Oh, like, yeah. Absolutely, yes. like the, the, Kenny Omega is an amazing environment wrestler. Um, uh, this was a, a Michael Sidgwick take. If you look at the match on Dark, you'll see how he uses even a tiny set to make that match work. The things I believe they could do to smash the old set up to create a reason for a narrative reason for the new one on January fourth would just be tremendous. Have them going through stuff like just destroy and dismantle that old stage to create the need for a new one. And interestingly, Tony Khan distinguishing Dynamite from Rampage visually. Uh, is something unexpected because that mm. would imply maybe more rampages separate from the dynamite tapings, which were beneficial, I think, to the, the vibe and the atmosphere. More live dynamites, possibly, I don't know. Sorry, more live rampages. So, them being different, I think, helps as well. It's felt like one isolated look pretty much from the beginning. Have a new TV, uh, and also, while I'm at it, like 
find something different to do with yeah. the pay-per-views too. Like yeah. the more you can distinguish, the better. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's good to switch things up every now and then. Uh, I missed the old days of WWE where every pay-per-view had a different stage. Yeah. And you had things like big claws coming out to side and all of that. Like Armageddon had smashed up cars and stuff. Like I miss yeah. all that crap, man. Why can't, like I wish <laughs> we could go back to that, those days of, of unique, distinct sets for everything. So mm. I'm looking forward to seeing the dynamite changes for sure. Um, yeah. We might lose the theme. That'll be interesting. That'll be... Let's go ignite. Yeah. Ba -da, ba -da, ba -da, ba -da. Early Mikey Ruckus banger. <laughs> yeah, respect. I think we might get a new dynamite theme. Yeah. And it'll be it'll be this fondly remembered era. Yeah. Like the like the fuse bring the boom dynamite era. Dynamite. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. Well Mikey Ruckus is, the hit rate is ridiculous, yeah. so it'll be good, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, there we go. I mean if the show you know the show DB on TNT, no disrespect to the theme, but they really should have used the ACDC song when it started, right? Yeah. TNT, <laughs> I'm dying. Obviously they're on TBS now, but I'm TBS. I'm dying. Yeah, I wonder if that would have cost as much to license as the final countdown <laughs> this game I love that. Europe going, yeah, we want a million dollars a show or whatever yeah. it was. What are you on about? You're Europe. Come on. Sort it. Sort it uh, out. Sort it out. What, one question to leave you on, because mm -hmm. um I for, straight up idiot forgot to get Twitter questions today. Cody had the the elevator mm -hmm. in the previous one. Part of the set dedicated to him. His deal, obviously Hobbs has used it since Cody's buggered off. Um, which wrestlers should get their own dedicated part of the new set? Ooh. And who should it be and what should it do? So every world champion, in my opinion, should have something that they have separate to anybody else as part of the prize of being the top guy. So Burberry magic carpet for MJF to fly out on. He just sits there the whole time. Should he wish to enter, like, don't ask me the technology we had, how you create that, that's their problem. They got the money, Tony Khan's a billionaire, right? But yeah, a Burberry magic carpet film. You personalize it to every single one. Like John Moxley used to walk through the crowd, yeah. like just- Barbed wire. Yeah, just yeah. Make, it a bar make a barbed wire fence and walk through the crowd if he wins the belt again. You have a different one every, it's like personalized TNT titles and the Burberry, yeah. the Burberry belt that he got made. Yeah, so wow. Burberry magic carpet and then for the next champion and so on. Uh, what would be Eddie Kingston's? Um, oh, Eddie Kingston's could just be like, you know when people used to like have, just have walls and walls of tapes? It could just be like his all Japan tape collection. <laughs> and he gets to like, he gets to, you know when Johnny Gargano walked through the door in your house, he gets to pick an all Japan tape and just take a quick look at it and be like, yeah, I want to there do that go. to the opponent. There you go, baby. First size entrance world champions. I'm replacing the elevator and the middle portion with just some like, you know, when you go to a meat shop, as they're known, and there's like hanging dead cows and stuff. And yeah. they're, like, ready. Are you just doing the Butcher's World Championship entrance? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so there's some beef just hanging there. Yeah. Every single show, it's a bit rotten after the first show, but it's there, it's hanging, and Butcher and the Blade come through and they just punch up some beef on the way to the ring. How'd you like that? Well, AEW have got a history in hanging fake meat from a building, and it looked incredibly glossy. It did. So if Tony Khan is talking about like money being spent on new production values, I'd say the pig from, uh, what was it, Stadium Sampede 2? Yes, why like, the hell not? Dig that out of storage and have hanging on night one why the hell not and if you want to the butcher and the blade had a really interesting pitch for the uh remember that they did the match for the young bucks when it started and they were chopping up some beef yes yeah the, they had a really funny pitch for how that match should have started check it out i think it's on unrestricted mm -hmm. their first appearance there you should listen to that it's really funny <laughs> um and it's great Anyway, thank you for joining us today. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow me at Andy H. Murray. The H stands for Happy Holidays. My last video of 2022. Ooh. I'll see you guys in 2023. Hope you have a tremendous holiday season. Whatever you do, if you celebrate, awesome. If you don't celebrate, that's awesome too. Just disconnect a bit. 
don't watch as much silly bollocks online, that's what I'm going to do. And uh, have a good time. Have a good time. Hope everyone has a good time, except Brian Danielson. Yeah, I heard your comments about Stokely Hathaway's bald head, uh -oh. Brian Danielson. The bald community remembers. I will be consulting the bald elders later on. Jason Statham will be on the phone. We're going to sort you out, pal. See you later. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.